Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am your host, Casper. I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. <clears throat> Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays, because... Wednesdays always are for podcasts. So guys, before we get into our true crime slash paranormal slash Valentine's Day episode... A word from Western Sam. Calm your body down. There were a lot of slashes. I thought there were like more. Slasher. You were like slashed. Oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Slash. <laughs> Slasher. Um, all right, guys. So thank you to everyone that took advantage of the Valentine's Day sale that was last week. And um, we've still got the really great three for 12 deal on the bath bombs. Um, otherwise everything is pretty much the same for now. Um, nothing really new is probably going to be coming out. Uh, yeah, go check out that Free Yourself Tuesday. Yes. Cause sure. I posted about that and put a link. So, um, yeah, so there probably won't be anything new as far as since coming, um, until later this year. Uh, but, um, yeah, the, as always, you know, the oatmeal honey ones have been the most popular. So those are always available. Um, and yeah, I would really take advantage of the three for 12 sale because it's just, it's, it's cheaper. And then you can also have the experience of trying out, uh, different ones as well. If there's ones that you've never tried before, give one as a gift, what have you. Um, so yeah, uh, link is in the bio on the Instagram. And then like Casper said, uh, the treat yourself Tuesdays, there's always, um, a link to the Instagram that will take you to the Etsy page. Otherwise just go to Etsy and search, calm your body down. <clears throat> calm your body down. Ding. Actually guys too, just to let you know, I am feeling better. Uh, I know I posted about it on Twitter. A lot of you are giving me well wishes. I appreciate it. Sometimes I just eat something and my stomach's like, no. And then it keeps me up all night and I just writhe in pain. I legit thought you had food poisoning. I didn't throw up. I never threw up. Okay. Okay. Sometimes it just hurts me to the point where I'm just very uncomfortable and can't sleep. And I just stay up like most of the night. That's pretty much what happened last night. But I finally got some sleep. You know, I stayed home from work and watched Nukes Top 5 for five hours because that's what you do. Also, yeah. if you haven't watched Nukes Top 5, go watch his videos because <clears> he's <throat> probably the best channel on YouTube for anything paranormal because I love that he shows it. He's like, the the end is up to you. Is it paranormal? Is it not? That's that's your decision. I love the guy. He's awesome. Um, So, also, I just want to send out... um well wishes and prayers to any of our listeners that are in texas i follow a lot of people and even know a couple people from instagram that live in texas and just god be with you guys i just want to send a special prayer to them um because they you know we pretty much the majority of the country got hit with this winter storm uh yesterday my husband and i both took off work because they didn't have our fucking road cleared off to almost 10 o'clock it was an absolute nightmare um and all of you with four-wheel drive it don't matter if it's fucking ice so uh yeah, yeah don't I don't just, fuck with ice yeah i just don't i don't do ice i don't do that i'm just like absolutely not and i my other job i have to leave so early in the morning and 
my husband has to leave early for his job and it's still pitch dark out and none of the roads work. Yeah. So absolutely not. Um, so yeah, anybody that, but in Texas, you know, this is a state that unfortunately is very ill prepared when they get weather. They're not like us. We live in Ohio. It's not like, you know, like we're, we know when shit like this, even, even with us living, living in the Southern part of Ohio. So we don't get the lake effect from like Cleveland or what have you. We still get hit here. Like most of we our get weather. Well, most of our weather came from the South because I have family that lives in Kentucky that was on level three emergencies because of ice. So all of ours came in from like Southwest. So yeah, my friend literally in, yeah. said he was iced in. I've never yeah. even heard that before. I've heard yeah. snowed in, but he was iced. Yeah, my in. Head brother down and down and around Louisville. Yeah, uh, Carl and Ashland iced in. Yeah, yeah, iced in. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Thank God, though, he had power." Exactly. He was one of the few That's why I'm saying power. in Texas. And if any of you know, like the way their grid system is, that's all very corrupt. There are literally people freezing to death. Freezing to death. In Texas. I also want to say, pay attention to who you vote in as your mayor and your governors. Because I love how someone a month ago was saying, not my president, and is now begging for their president to give them money to save the people of their state. So pay attention to who you vote for as your state elected officials. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving. So on. yeah, just prayers, just prayers to those people because it's no one should. Yeah, it's just awful. And they are. This is a state that was incredibly ill prepared for this. So, With good reason. Too. All my prayers. Like, I mean, it's Texas. Like, they're not, not going to be like you know we're we going to have a crazy ass snowstorm and ice storm and. That's why I said they don't, zero they don't get, they don't, we, we are so used to it here. Right. They're not. No. It's such a rare That would be occasion. like us being hit by a hurricane. Oh like God. head on. Like obviously we'd be ill prepared for that because we're not on a fucking coast. Yeah, like the Ohio River has a fucking hurricane. <laughs> and we get, like that would literally, like we have, we had no preparation. <laughs> we didn't even know rivers. Literally, we didn't even like, know rivers got hurricanes, bitch. I like, would we be had like, like yeah. Mona. <laughs> Actually, more Moana. Moana, come get your girl. Come get, come. <laughs> hey, hey, or whatever that fucking chicken's name. It's what? hey, hey. It was hey, How fucking dumb is that? Stupid ass chicken. I legit, when my niece was calling her chicken Hey Hey, I'm like, why does she call it Hey Hey? And my sister's like, that's its name. I'm like, Hey Hey is the chicken's name? I'm over here going, Hey Hey, mother monkey. That chicken was dumber than a box of rocks. <laughs> it looked dumber than a box of rocks. Oh it was like, it had fucking Michael Sheen's eyes <laughs> from, from... I wish I could remember his name. Oh my I can't goodness. even remember his name. It's just the king of Volturi. Oh, What gosh, the fuck ever. I've got to go back. I'm just, I am. Guys. But I have a question for you. I'm going to watch the Twilight movies as comedies. I'm really going to do it. But I have a question. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> am I not pretty enough? No. <laughs> Is my heart too broken? Stop. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> By the way, we, that is a movie we'll need to do a podcast episode about since I actually need to watch the fucking it's movie. It's on Shutter. Oh, wait. No, it's on Prime. Oh, okay. Thank you. 
from her. Thank you. I was gonna say Shutter, and I was like, no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you're okay. like, no. Nope, no, it's not. Hold on. Wait, wait, I, I got it. Okay. It's on Prime. It's Prime. Thank you. But I had it on DVD. Appreciate it. Because at first I was like, where did I watch that? And I was like, oh yeah, we watched it on DVD because I have it on DVD, and then I remembered it was on Prime. Yeah. Never watched it. Listened to a podcast about it. Spoiled everything, but that's okay, because I'm still going to fucking watch it. So, guys, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. In Chicago. Figured that would be appropriate, since we just had Valentine's Day. And it's like true crime slash paranormal. Kind of doing two true crimes this year. Yeah, basically. Only two this year. Only two. Just That's all you get. That's it. (laughs) Month. Also, surprise, guys, didn't realize this till yesterday. Uh, March has five. Yeah, me too. Wednesdays. Five of them. Five. So So. you get a bonus. Don't fuck with the original episode. Those are fun. Keeps us on our toes for topics. We should hit Cecil Hotel next month. Oh, no. For real. No, I really do. Like everything. There's a movie. Did you see the movie called Followed? No. Okay. So this movie, (laughs) real real quick, this movie called Follow came out last year. It is based around this hotel called the Lennox Hotel. Down on Skid Row that a girl named, oh, Megan, Megan something went missing. Um, And... Some horrible crime happened Megan there. Kim. Yeah, Megan Kim. A Korean It is tourist. literally the real story of the Cecil Hotel with um, Eliza Lamb, Elisa Lamb going missing. Um, but the, it obviously some of it's not real. Um, you're, it's a found footage film about this guy who's trying to find out stuff about his past. Uh, he's a YouTuber that's trying to get a lot of subscribers. And he goes to the Cecil to- Hotel and gets a little bit more than he bargained for. Even though it's the Linux Hotel in the movie. It's actually not that great of a film. <laughs> You're like, it's actually um, like not that great. Is it worth seeing once? Yes. It is actually worth seeing once, but I will never watch it again. It was kind of over the top a little bit. Well, I mean, it sounds like, like I'm reading about it, and it sounds like it was kind of... You know, it was basically meant to be anyway. Probably. Kind of, yeah. It, like, kind of corny. Kind of make fun of it. The effects were bit. really good. I have to admit, the effects were very good. The story, I figured out. But it was still very good. Um, the acting in it was a little... But it... Well, most of these types of movies, it's pretty it's pretty over the top. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's how I... So I figured, I figured out that obviously part of the reason why they decided to release the uh and if you guys don't know what we're referring to the uh four part do- it's four parts right it is four the four part documentary <clears throat> about elisa lamb and the cecil hotel that's on netflix now so it's actually airing it has been uh this month it's been so that was in 2013 it's been eight years since since she's uh since she died so um yeah i'm i'm all for doing an episode about that next month because if you guys haven't seen um the documentary yet it is incredible it gave very so much gave so much more information about the story that uh casper and i were talking before that uh, neither neither of i had any idea also i just want to go into 
detail so it's called crime scene the vanishing at the cecil hotel everybody needs to watch it it's it's really 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 good especially if if all of you remember that that video of her in that elevator it is really fucked up it fucked with everybody and i really want to go into the history of the cecil hotel that place is evil that place as far as i'm concerned needs every to just be villain is down. lemons so there's a part in it where the woman, a woman was a former manager there and she worked there from 2007 until 2017. And she said in the 10 years that just, that she was just there, there were 80 deaths. Eight, zero, 80. It's just a few. And all of those deaths were suicides, murders, or overdoses. This place is in the middle of Skid Row. It's just, it needs to be torn down. I, it's just, it's horrible. It's a terrible, a guy murdered women there. Richard Ramirez would go there after he murdered people. Mm, that place is beyond. If Richard evil. Ramirez was comfortable there. Mm. Oh, did you hear that part where they said literally he would strip his yep. clothes off and walk in his bloody underwear no one said right anything. into the hotel, up the steps, and no one said a fucking Not a word? word. Not That's a how word. fucked up this area and that hotel is. Even then? Yeah. Yeah, no. But I, everybody needs to watch that. And we will definitely, I mean, I definitely want to do a podcast episode about it next month because it's, it's just an amazing story. And anything, you know, we've, we Also, been... I love the fact that they brought attention to something that I have always thought was very odd. Was that it was literally when you broke it down? It was the plot of Dark Water. Yeah, I loved how they talked and about like, Dark, I, Dark I Water. And like, I was like, yeah. I thought about that because as soon I as saw I saw Dark, Dark Water, Water, I was like, yeah, it's I was the like, fucking... this happened. Yeah. But then I found out that happened after the movie came out, and I was like, oh, the fuck. <laughs> that movie's also really sad. It is really sad. Oh my god, that movie's really sad. <laughs> it's so sad, but yeah, the coincidences so... behind that a I was lot. Like, that's so weird. There were a lot of them. That's so weird. And that's actually the uh, Japanese remake. America it, remake. American remake of the Japanese but version. that was one of the better American remakes. It was. It was not I bad. really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really I just good. thought it was crazy because I remember when, when, when all of that happened and I remember her being found in the water tank, I said to myself when I watched Dark Water, I was like, didn't this happen? And then I was like, but it happened after the movie came out. Like, what in the fuck? Yeah, because the movie came out in 2002, and this happened in 2013. So there was this weird... Because that's mentioned. There's this, like, weird parallel. Well, they think somebody watched the movie and actually wanted to reenact the movie and, and murder her and make it look like the movie. It's just insane, like... After finding out what actually happened. Which is plausible. I mean, there is so much to this story where you could honestly believe that either something paranormal happened to her, that someone murdered her. I mean, they're so... And every single one of those things are completely plausible. You'd you'd believe it in a heartbeat. That she took drugs. I mean, this is is Skid Row. That's... this, This hotel is used by people that use drugs that's why there's been so many overdose deaths there and horribly but uh yeah just 
tear the whole place down and completely revitalize Skid Row and get all of those people help. It's just unfucking. It's real. almost like they just don't want to get them help. That's the problem. They've never wanted to. Skid nope. Row has been notorious for that for years. This is not something new, even with Elisa Lamb's case. That whole entire area for decades has been where they literally just dump. Uh, they it's they sad. dump mentally ill. Uh, you know, when state, we, how many, we have done so many episodes about state run asylums that are ultimately left abandoned, uh, because they've become overrun and, uh, the state doesn't want to do anything about it. So they shut them down and then you don't know what to do with these people. So they literally just, I mean, there, there have been states that have bust mentally ill once these asylums, uh, they will, they will greyhound bust them to skid row. It's so sad. And just dump them there and be like, well, you deal with it. There was a hospital in California that shut down. Actually, a movie was shot there because it was it was notorious. Uh, hospital is notoriously haunted. Um, but when that hospital shut down, that was something that they did. No, nobody. People just you were just dumped in Skid Row. Like that was the hospital you would go to. That's so crazy. But if you didn't have like. After you would be seen at this hospital, they would just dump you back on the streets. Like, like you thanks. Don't... Yeah, that whole entire place. And it's been well known for so long that it, they just need to just, just tear it all down. Burn it to the fucking ground and start over. <laughs> and get these people some help, for God's sake. Like, come on. Right? It's fucking sad. But, well. anyway. So... Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, um, kudos to Becky for finding this awesome, what is this called? Article? Oh my yeah. god. You're like, I can't think of this. My brain was like... Uh, so it's by a woman named Joe Smith from five years ago for a site called darkhauntings.wordpress.com. Uh, um, I really like this article because it gives you some information not only about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre itself, but about uh, purported hauntings in the area. Um, I'll go over kind of a quick back. Quina, Quina. Told, I guess I we're both a, on the same page I made today. up a whole word. Quina. I like it. What is it? I'll have, to, is, have to figure out how to use it in a sentence. Can you please spell that and <laughs> use it in a sentence, please? Quina. Spell Quina. Quina. <laughs> Iridocyclitis. <laughs> you see that poor little kid up there behind the microphone? <laughs> I don't know. Use it correctly in a sentence, please. I'm quite a dude. <laughs> what? Um, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, so I am actually very familiar with this case. Uh, I am really into uh, anything that has to do with like old gangsters, the mafia, Al Capone, all that stuff. I've just, I've always been fascinated by that. I've always thought that was cool. Um, so this was actually a true story. This happened in Chicago. Um, the landmark is the Lexington Hotel where Al Capone, uh, the notorious mafia boss, kept a fifth floor suite that was used as his headquarters, but most tragically, or at least to crime buffs, was the demolition of the warehouse that was located at 2122 North Clark Street, and that this would be the place on Valentine's Day of 1929, that the most spectacular mob hit in gangland history took place. So right now, where 2122 North Clark Street was is just kind of like a 
sort of like a little alleyway alcove that kind of sits in between two buildings. And one of the buildings is a, is a nursing home. Um, the events of that day started five years before when uh, Dion O'Bannon, who was the leader of Chicago's North Side mob, was murdered. Um, so kind of a little fun fact, guys, that I ended up finding out uh, from my grandma before she passed away, some years before she passed away, that there was a cousin on my grandfather's side that actually used to run with the Chicago mob. What? Uh, back in the day. I did not know this. Was involved with bootlegging. May or may not have known Al Capone. I don't know. So that was kind of crazy to find that out. Do you want to know something even crazier? I was like, what? Someone very close to me is related to John Dillinger. That's fucking crazy. Did you see that? I don't want to where, say who. Did you see that movie where Johnny Depp played him? Public that Enemies. Me, it's amazing. That is the best one. It's if you're going to watch anything about John Dillinger, watch Public Enemies. That is the hands down the best, best one I've seen about John yeah, Dillinger. Yeah, I won't so say far. who, but someone I've seen very his close death to me mask. is related to him. I forget where I was at. It was one of the, I've, I've been to like three or four different Ridley's, believe it or not. And it was one of those. And it has Dillinger's, uh, death mask wow i am fascinated by his case it is it, his case is crazy because some people saw him as an enemy and some people you know that's how it was with the, with some of these guys because they would help out poor people but well, they I robbed mean, he, people the the cops hated them they, he pretty much was in the hamilton area yeah oh yeah big time so well did yeah i mean where because it was hamilton was little chicago back in the day and coming through and it's so you know the proximity from there to northern kentucky yep which was also high crime high you know because this is bootlegging so all of that had to cross over yeah i mean i'm yeah i'm i'm fascinated by him too i i highly recommend seeing public enemies okay so and continue, sorry, we kind of went off with John Dillinger a little bit. It's okay, because it's still a tie-in. But it's still a tie-in. I mean, story, yeah, it still, still is. totally a tie-in. I mean, Al Capone and John Dillinger, I feel like we're kind of in the same vein. It's in the same, yeah. So pretty pretty much around the same area. Um. So, yeah, Dion O'Bannon was murdered. Control of bootleg liquor in the city raged back and forth from north to south, which was ran by Johnny Torrio and his henchman, Al Capone. Torrio ordered the assassination of O'Bannon in November of 1924 and managed to start a war in the city. The North Side was not standing for this, almost killed Torrio outside of his own home. This was enough to drive Torrio out of the city and left Capone in charge of his operations. The following month, Capone had his hitman kill Jaime Weiss, who was put in charge of the North Side mob after O'Bannon was killed. His murder left Al Capone's arch enemy, Bugs Moran, uh, George Moran, but he went by Bugs Moran, in charge. Moran mainly stood alone against Al Capone's mob since most of his allies had succumbed in the fighting. He continued to taunt his powerful enemy and look for ways to destroy him. First of all, I would just like to say I'm really sorry for you having the name Jaime. It's pretty Jew. It's, it's, it's a very Jewish name. It's a very commonly Jewish name. Well, I feel terrible, but that's still... It's okay, because, no, it's a, it's a terrible <laughs> name. I'm just pointing out that, like, you know, culturally it's a very common Jewish name, but it is a... It is nonetheless. I mean, there are just some cultural names it's out not there. not a... I mean, it stop, really is. Stop it, passing it Yeah, down. just... 
you know, it was it was great if it was Grandpa's name, but we don't need to keep that like, name. Do we ever see a baby George? We stop. We I was just talking about that today with my dad about names. Like how do you, like how do you like Esther is such an old name, but there's literally this like really cute young comic. Like she's even younger than me, and her name's Esther Pavitsky. Which is a very Polish name. So maybe that's why her parents decided to name her Esther. But they should not have done that. Of course me. I don't think of the Bible, Esther. I'm over here like Esther from Orphan. If it was Grandma's name, <laughs> that's great. But you shouldn't know. Well, she's like the name one. Vera. I had a Vera yeah. in my family. And she was like 80. I'm like, Vera Farmiga, obviously. But I'm like, also, think of a newborn Named you know, another Vera. One. Edna. I'm not a fan of Edna. Edna Mode. <laughs> Unless it's Edna Mode. Uh, Edgar is also a terrible name. Oh, God. Poor Edgars. Please don't name your sons Edgar at Just all. stop Just this cycle. do not. <laughs> Let's get a list of never name your child. This Catherine. Names ever. There's just a Catherine's lot of old, okay. There's just a lot of don't old. Don't nickname them Kathy. Nickname them Kat. There's just a lot of old names that just need to stop. That's what it is. I actually students. I still do love the name Victoria. Yeah. That's an old name, but oof. I Don't love that nickname name. nickname Vicky, though. Oh, God, no Vickies. I mean, I've known. Veronica is I've also a great some, name. I've, now, I have an amazing cousin, Vicky. But I know she's a great like, Vicky, too. But she's like an exception. <laughs> I know a really good Vicky, You know what I'm too. saying? Like, when you know an amazing Vicky, it's like, oh, you are a blessing. <laughs> Bless you, Vicky. Bless you. Because you're the only Don't name you me are kid like a Becky. Little... Don't name me kid Karen. Because Becky's name isn't even actually Becky. Don't name me kid Karen. Well, and there's context to my name if you guys are oldies with us and from back in episode one. So... <laughs> Yes. There's there's meanings behind mine, but I by no means am a Becky. You got Becky, you got Karen, you got... Sue needs to stop. Susan, stop with the Susans. Deborah. Unless you want to name your son Sue and a boy named Sue. And that's kind of funny, but it's but really not. But spell it S-I-O-U-X. <laughs> you know. So you can see that very white teacher go, uh... Psyox. Uh, also, wasn't this an Indian tribe? I... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> what did they you were based, say? They were based in the Dakotas. Don't name your child Dakota either. Let's not do that. Dakota's okay. Yeah, but Dakota but, is okay. But, 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 you could, you could prepare yourself to have a very pretentious child, though, depending on how you raise them. There's certain names... Can I read this meme? And Dakota's one of them. Not saying it's not a great name. I went away from but... the article. Can you give it back? Yeah, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> You're like, can you give it back, please? I literally just got off the article page because I was trying to go find a meme. And I was like, I fucked up. <laughs> but anyway, let me find this. Um, I gotta find this meme. Will you find? Really quick. I'm gonna continue to read. Uh, Moran sided with Joe Aiello in another attack against Capone in early of 1929. They reportedly gunned down. Oh no, this name. Pasquilano. We'll say that. This was one of Capone's henchmen. Uh, Joe Aiello killed him. This enraged Capone and he vowed that he would kill his enemy on February 14th. 
and he swore that he would have a Valentine's Day to remember. So then this will lead us into the massacre. Guys. Okay, what is the name? White people. Oh my god, Lakeisha is such a ghetto name. The first time I ever saw this meme, I swear to god, I cried. Also, can we- White people. Yeah. Here comes my child daffodil ginseng blueberry yogurt. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I can't. I or just... I love how white people try to act like you can't pronounce certain names, uh, but y'all will say Ainsel Elgort or whatever the fuck his goddamn name is. Like Ainsel Elgort. We'll say that fucking perfectly. And what the fuck is that? Sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> Ainsel, Ainsel Elgort. <laughs> Fabulosa. <laughs> I am dying. <laughs> That episode of Reba, where it was like, we need to find a name cooler than Siri, but not as weird as Apple. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. That is so true, though. Blueberry daffodil ginseng yogurt. I mean, it's true, though. It is. That's why I laughed so goddamn hard at that. I was like... Them be fighting words. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of kids later on that are gonna have names, and they're just gonna go, "Why? W why? Tell me why?" I don't understand what the fuck was wrong with my parents. Like, your parents, you know what? Your parents just—they didn't know. They thought they were being. They were. Cool. They were. They were with Scotty. Yeah, Scotty they, doesn't know. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> I'm so glad that didn't pop in my head when I watched Ocean's Eleven the other day. Because Matt Damon's in that. And now forever when I see him, I'm like... I always forget it's him until I watch I Euro Trip. And I'm like, oh yeah, Matt Damon. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh my god. Also, can I just say that there's one part in Ocean's Eleven that I totally forgot about that was like, oh my god, did the 90s just throw up in this scene? Because literally, it's like Topher Grace... Uh... Uh... G guy i wait i'm hold on it was topher grace this one chick from charmed uh, this other guy the girl was who was seven. also in gilmore girls no. or not gilmore girls um pretty little liars no okay no um but no literally like this and i for i forgot that brad pitt's character teaches celebrities in the movie teaches celebrities how to play poker so like these were celebrities playing as themselves. Oh my God, Joshua Jackson. That's right. So it was literally, it was Joshua Jackson, chick from Charmed, guy from, I think he was on Seventh Heaven. He was also in a horror movie and now I can't remember what it is. And then, uh, was it the guy that played Simon or the guy and, that played Eric? And fucking Topher Grace. And I was like, the, I was like, my whole high school years just threw up in this one scene. Like what in the fuck is happening? It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen, and I totally forgot about that whole scene. I, I forgot like, about that movie. It's been a hot second. Barry Watson. Matt. Matt. Yep. So it was him, Joshua Jackson. Wow. Topher Grace. Yep. And one of the sisters from Charmed. That wasn't Shannon Doherty. But what's the other one's name or, that I'm thinking of? God damn it. Now I have She's to also this. in Pretty Little Liars. She plays Lucy Hale's mom. I can't... Heh, heh. Starts with an H. Holly. Holly Combs. That's it. It was her. <laughs> Is that her last name? It was her. Is it yes. Combs? Okay. You're right. 
So it was that it was those four: Holly Combs, wow, Joshua yeah. Jackson, Barry Watson, and Topher Grace. I was like, my whole high school years just puked in this one scene. And then you added Brad Pitt and George Clooney. I was like, this cast. How many motherfuckers are in this goddamn fucking? Movie? A lot. That movie is so fucking good, though. It is good. Because I hadn't seen. Do you know it in what's years. better? What's Ocean's better? Eight. I mean, it, I haven't seen that yet. My dad was like, so my dad was what? like, should I bother seeing Ocean's 8? And I was like, I, I, it honestly has a good plot. I said, dad, besides this is, the plot, I it said, has a good plot. <laughs> I said, dad, this is a very strange thing to ask your not straight daughter, because I don't really know how to answer that, because I haven't seen the movie yet. And I'm pretty sure once I do see it, I'm not going to care what it's about. So you can take that for whatever you want. But, uh. Do you know what really got me fucked I said, up? I just told him, he's he saw Ocean's Eleven, but he's never seen 12 or 13, oh. and you really need he to needs see to. 12 and 13. Especially 13. It completes the story, and yeah. see, I don't remember any of 12, but 13's amazing. Yeah, 13 was great. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, Rick was really hesitant. He was like, uh, I never saw Ocean's Eleven, because I was like, there's so many celebrities, this movie isn't going to be that great. So he he's, I was like, what do you think? He's like, I love you, dude. I mean, the third time I watched Ocean's 8, I actually followed the plot. See, yeah, it's actually a really good plot. I'll have to watch it a few times. Because the first time I'm going to watch it, I'm going to be like... I just wiped my mouth. I know you guys couldn't see that. literally the Holy Trinity. Do you know what even else got me fucked up? Jennifer Lawrence was supposed to play Anne Hathaway's role. No. But she had a scheduling conflict. So Anne Hathaway got the Y'all, role. Y'all, they put Kate Blanchett, Sarah Paulson, and Rihanna in a movie together. Who did, who hates me? Somebody. And Sandra Bullock. Someone that loves and, me. Someone I mean, that, Anne Hathaway's hot. I mean, someone either loved me when they made that movie or just said, fuck you, bitch. Also, the We're sexual in- tension between Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock is too much. I can't. I mean, I know Sandra this. Bullock. I can't look at Sandra Bullock like that. She's like, she's like my best friend. Like, I've grown up with Sandra Bullock, so I can't look at her like that. She's, like, my bestie. Like, I just want to hang out with her. But, like, that's why I said Sarah Paulson, Kate Blanchett, and Rihanna. Because I'm like... Rihanna's really hot in that movie, too. She's really hot, period. But... Did you see her story the other day? I would lick every entire inch of her sweaty body. And I wouldn't care if she took a bath. She hadn't taken a bath in three days. I wouldn't care. Did you see the story she put up the other day? No. She was completely topless and she was just covering herself. Wait, I did see that. I was like, okay. I I can't. It is. I. Okay, we need to finish this because I'm just going (laughs) to. But guys, no. I'm just going to start talking about all the terrible, awful things. (laughs) But no, for real. Ocean's 8 is actually a decent plot. It's got a a solid ending because there's a good twist at the ending that I truly enjoy. Because she's Danny's sister, right? Yes. Is that kind of the whole. Okay. Okay. Sandra Bullock's character is. Right, right. Yes. Right, right. And the yeah. sexual tension between her and Kate Blanchett, I'm like, why didn't they explore this? Hello? Do it for the Holly- gays. Because Hollywood. I mean, Carol happened, so why couldn't have that happened? <laughs> well, that was also a period piece, and they were trying to make a point. But, That's. I want a prequel to Carol. Same. Because I know we all want that scene between her and Sarah Paulson. I know we all want it. We, you were like, <laughs> I was like, 
have a list <laughs> for no reason. Well, I was talking about Sarah Paulson. I mean, it happens. You that her lisp is so fucking. You cute. talk about her, and you just you can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> have you heard someone fucking took her cry and remixed it? Someone remixed it. It really does sound like uh, that. I mean, that's... Uh, did you see the interview where she's like, do I really sound like that? Uh, she's like, oh my God, I really sound like that. I did. And I was like, Sarah Paul, I still self-aware. I still love you, Sarah. I still love you. I don't care. You know what? I would cry when I met her. I'd go, uh, I probably do cry like that. I probably you don't. Do. I've heard you cry. Okay. You cry I'm like, like I have a terrible cry. You don't. <laughs> but no, no. There's someone out there who's got worse. But... Oh my god, I'm dying. We literally went from massacre <laughs> of Saint Valentine's Day to Sarah Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we do. That's what we do. You can't mention Sarah Paulson and not just <sighs> start to you. You drift off. You just kind of forget where you're at. It's just, you know, it happens, okay? The, it that's does. what the woman does to the gays. That's what she does. Her and Kate Blanchett. And Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett is a god. Me texting you out of the blue, like her and the Hobbit. Oh my god. And I'm her. like, Kate Blanchett is a god. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was very accurately portrayed in that scene. Yes. Anyway. So, guys, where were we? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um,. So now we're getting ready to get into the good because Capone has already said, like, no, I'm. this is officially happening on Valentine's Day. Um, so his contact in Detroit arranged for someone to make to call to Moran and inform him of a special shipment of hijacked whiskey, which will be delivered to one of Moran's garages in the north side. Adam Hayer was a friend of Moran's and owned the garage, which was a storage point for north side liquor. Moran received the call at the garage on the morning of February 13th and made arrangements to be there the next day. It was D-Day on the morning of the 14th, and a group of Moran's men had gathered at the Clark Street garage. One of these men was Johnny May, who was an ex-safecracker hired by Moran as a mechanic. He was working on a truck that day with his dog, a German shepherd named Highball, tied to the bumper. There was also six other men waiting for the truck of hijacked whiskey to arrive. These men were Frank and Pete Gussenberg, James Clark, who was Moran's brother-in-law, Adam Hayer, Al Weinshank and Reinhardt Schwimmer, a young opt optometrist. I don't know why that word was so hard to say. I've seen that. I've had to go to an optometrist for fucking years. I wear glasses. You're like, optometrist. Had, I'm like, what? What is that fucking word? <laughs> who had befriended Moran and hung around the warehouse just for the thrill of rubbing shoulders with gangsters. Talk about being at the wrong fucking place the wrong time. That was not the day to do that. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Moran was supposed to be at the meeting at 10.30, but had not even left for the rendezvous. As the seven men waited, they had no idea that a police car was pulling up outside or that Moran had even spotted the car as he was driving south on Clark Street. Instead of dealing with what he thought was a shakedown, he stopped on the next corner for coffee instead. Five men got out of the car, two in uniform, three wearing civilian clothing. They walked into the warehouse, and within minutes, they opened fire. Soon after... Five figures emerged and drove away. Mrs. Jeanette Lansman was the landlady of the next building and sent one of her boarders, C.L. McAllister, to the garage to check it out. When he came out of the building moments later, he was pale and he ran up the stairs frantically screaming for Mrs. Lansman to call the police as the garage was full of dead men. Um, and if you guys ever happen to Google any pictures of this, they are 
brutal. Which is why it was very hard for me to find pictures to post for this to promote it. Because the one picture that kept popping up is very graphic. Yeah. And I didn't want to just throw that all over the internet. I mean, so... these guys were massacred. There was blood everywhere. Everywhere. Like, they um, were shot in the head. Yeah. I mean, they, they, were they made the sure, you know, like, Al Capone felt like he had been double-crossed. So he made sure. And what's so crazy is the number one person he was hoping to be there wasn't even there. Moran was running late. And when he saw the cop car, he was like, fuck that, and had no idea. And he was supposed to be, he, number one was supposed to be there beyond anybody else. Um, so Mrs. Landsman quickly called the police, and upon entering the scene, they were stunned by the carnage. Moran's men had been lined up against the back wall, and they had been sprayed with machine guns. Pete Gunzenberg had died kneeling, slumped over a chair. James Clark had fallen onto his face with half of his head blown away. And Heyer, Schwimmer, Weinshank, and May were thrown lifeless onto their backs. There was only one man who survived for a few hours, at least. Frank Gussenberg, who crawled from the blood-sprayed wall where he had fallen and dragged himself into the middle of the dirty floor. He was rushed to the um, Alexian Brothers Hospital, barely hanging on. Police Sergeant Clarence Sweeney, who had grew up on the same streets as Gussenberg, leaned down to Frank and asked who had shot him. Uh, no one. Nobody shot me, he groaned, and he died that same night. Although the death toll reached seven, they did not realize that they had missed Moran. When the police contacted him that day, he apparently was raving like a madman. The newspapers reported how Moran had targeted Capone as ordering the hit. The news asked Capone for a comment on Moran's accusations, to which he replied, The only man who kills like that is Bugs Moran. At the same time, Moran was proclaiming that only Capone kills guys like that. Well, what was he supposed to say when he was like, Ah, fuck. The one guy I was after. God damn it. (laughs) I'm just gonna blame it on him. Right, exactly. (laughs) Like, what... What else was he going to do? He wasn't going to say it was him. The murders broke the power of the Northside gang, and whilst there have been many claims as to who the actual shooters were that day, most likely they included John uh, Scalese, Albert Anselini, and machine gun Jack McGurn, all of whom were Capone's most trusted men. All three men, including Joseph uh, Guanta, Guenta, were arrested, but McGurn had an alibi and Scalise and Guenta were killed before they could be tried. Well, it's convenient. The massacre marked the day, marked the end of any opposition to Capone, but it was also the act that started the fall of his empire. Um, well, as most of you might know, like, that was pretty common. So actually, there's a scene in the movie Goodfellas where after they, uh, robbed the, or the heist that happened at the Lufthansa airport. And that was a true story. Anybody that knows about the Henry Hill story and all of that. Um, when the, the main two guys that ordered it, they started killing off other people that were involved in the heist because they were like, Oh no, you know too much. So you have to go and you have to go and you have to go. So it was their own people killing them to make sure that they didn't talk. So I'm sure that's what happened here with uh, Scalise and Renta that Capone probably ordered for them to be killed because they did it and they knew too much. Um, But like we said, this was the start of the fall to his empire anyway. Al Capone was was pretty much counting down to being done at this point. 
Um, the strangest part of this history was perhaps the fact that Capone had not seen the last one of the men killed. He slipped out of town and in May of 1929 to avoid being a suspect in the deaths of the shooters of Moran's men. So I think, yeah, so he, he didn't want to get caught for this. So he left uh, him and his bodyguard, Frankie Rio, uh, who was in Philadelphia when they were arrested by the police uh, that ended up being on charges of carrying concealed weapons. He spent a year in prison and then eventually was sent to uh, famously Eastern State Penitentiary. Uh, you guys know that story. Uh, his his uh, private cell is actually still, uh, it's kept in the exact same way that he had it when you visit Eastern State. Uh, while he was in prison, Capone continued to conduct business. This reminded me of Goodfellas a lot too. Because there's a scene in that movie where once they were sent to prison, they were like, we weren't like the other prisoners. They had private cells. They were able to get in lobsters and steaks and they're in there cooking and they've got all this really nice furniture and they're drinking wine. And But meanwhile, they're passing money to the guards. Right. So that's why they were able to to live like that. And we were like, yeah, we weren't like these other stiffs. We got to live in luxury, we got money. even though we were in prison. So I'm, it, it's almost identical to what Al Capone went through. That's why his cell looked the way it did at Eastern state. He was able to ultimately pay to have a cell like that. Um, he was given a private cell. He was allowed to make long distance phone calls from the warden's office. Uh, he was able to meet with his lawyers and his brother, who uh, made frequent trips to Philadelphia. And he was released two months early on good behavior, of all things, when he arrived back in Chicago and found himself branded public enemy number one. While Capone was incarcerated, he became haunted by the ghost of James Clark, one of the massacre victims and George Moran's brother-in-law. Now, this has been reported many, many times. I've actually heard about people, people talk about this who have done ghost hunts or toured Eastern State Penitentiary and are giving history behind it, that at night alone in his cell, Capone was reported as screaming for Jimmy to go away and leave him alone. And there's nobody in there with him. And uh, not only would guards hear it, uh, people in other cells would hear him screaming at night for Jimmy to leave him alone. I'd be like, damn it, Jimmy! So I think, I definitely think that's one of the ghosts that's there. That's I mean, crazy. he was haunted. It was, it was his fault that he was murdered. Even though he didn't pull the trigger himself, he ordered it to happen. I mean, he kind of did. So you did it, basically. Um, Capone took up residency at the Lexington Hotel where he would report his encounters with the ghosts. While there, Capone's men would hear him shouting at the specter to leave him in peace. And on several occasions, Capone's bodyguards broke into his room thinking someone was trying to kill him. Capone would tell them it was Clark's ghost. To Capone, his experience with the ghost was very real, and he even reached out to a psychic by the name of Alice Britt to help him get rid of this angry ghost. A seance was conducted, and soon after, Jaime Cornish, another very Jewish name, uh, Capone's personal valet believed he too saw the specter. When Cornish entered the room, he saw a tall, dark figure standing near the window. When he demanded to know the identity, the figure moved behind the curtain and vanished out of sight. Years later, Capone would insist that Jimmy Clark followed him to the grave. Chicago memorialized the warehouse where the massacre took place. The place became a tourist attraction, and tabloids even printed the picture of the dead victims upside down so readers would need to turn their papers upside down to identify them. The front portion of the SMG garage was turned into an antique furniture storage business in 1949 by a couple who did not know what had occurred there. 
They soon closed business down when they lacked customers, but were frequented by tourists. Yeah, because you're going to have people that don't want to buy anything. They just want to, they just have this morbid curiosity of this murder and they just want to take pictures. In 1967, the building was completely demolished uh, by a Canadian businessman who purchased the bullet-marked bricks from the back wall. He opened a nightclub in 1972 with a 1920s theme and he rebuilt the wall for reasons unknown in the men's toilet. Women were allowed to peek inside three times a week at the strange... <laughs> three times a week. This guy's name was George Patty, by the way. Um, the club continued to operate for many years, but the owner decided to close the club down and he placed the 417 bricks in storage. He then put them up for sale with a written note of what happened. Each brick sold for about $1,000, but soon found he was getting back as many bricks as he sold. It seems that everyone who bought one of these bricks was suddenly stricken with bad luck in the form of illness, financial ruin, divorce, even death. It would appear that the bricks had become infected with powerful negative energy from the massacre. Um, to this day, people are still reporting paranormal activity on Clark Street. According to reports, anyone who walks down the street at night will hear screaming or echoes of the clattering machine guns as they pass by the site. The building has long gone, but the area is marked by a fenced-off lawn which belongs to a nearby nursing home. There are five trees scattered in a line, and the middle one marks the spot where the rear wall once stood. Passerbys often report hearing strange sounds accompanied with intense fear. Those walking with a dog have uh, had their fair share, too. Animals appear to be especially affected by this piece of lawn, sometimes barking or howling or whining in fear. They know. So, yeah, there's actually been, um, I think there was, there was actually another article that I found about the, okay, it's called, uh, it's hauntedhouses.com. Um, so this one just kind of goes, it, it's, it tells basically all of the same story of exactly what happened. That's why I wanted to give everybody a backstory if they weren't familiar with like the, uh, gangster parts of what happened on that day of the massacre. Um, so yeah, when I actually, I found out about this story because of the bricks that were being sold. And when was that? the story of, um, so the guy took a hold of the, the guy took a hold of the bar in the seventies <clears throat> and then, oh, I'm trying to see, hold on. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I know I lost my place. Oh no, 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 no. Guys, she's looking. Oh no, I'm so she sorry. lost her place. Okay, it was in 1967 uh, when the wall, uh, when the building was torn down, and then the bricks, 417 bricks, were saved when uh, the guy from Canada turned it into a nightclub. And then after the nightclub closed down, I think it was in 1972. That other article said is when he started selling the bricks. After that. Um, not all of them, apparently. Some of them were still kept. But uh, the ones that were sold, the majority of them were given back. So uh, it's also said that some of the bricks... So yeah, there's been reports that all of the bricks were sold. But I think ultimately end up finding out that not all of them were sold. It was just some of them were sold. And they were actually kept in a packed box that was numbered. Um... So some of them were kept, but some of them weren't. Uh, 
also, if you guys didn't know, uh, ultimately Al Capone ended up, of all things, now mind you, this guy, this guy carried out, I don't know how many murders, not just counting the seven that were murdered uh, during the Valentine's, St. Valentine's Day massacre, but of all things, um, if you guys didn't know the history, Al Capone went to prison for tax evasion. Uh, spent, well, Ted Bundy went to prison because he couldn't drive a fucking I car. Mean, I, I know, right? So for <laughs> so for someone that's a murderer, he did he was good at murdering, but not good at paying his taxes. He was, and actually, no, that wasn't it. It was literally what what started to happen is that they wanted to nail him so bad, and they couldn't get him on anything except tax evasion. It was the one thing that they could get him on because there was that policy of, you know, even that guy that lived and they asked him who shot you. And he said, no one, you didn't rat. No. You would rather die than be a rat. You just didn't rat. No, nope. you didn't do that. Not in that business. You absolutely did not rat. You didn't do it. So the one, the, if the only, so yeah, it wasn't that he wasn't good at his taxes. It was literally the only thing that they could get him on. It was the he only. It was the only taxes. thing that they could get him on. So he spent eleven years, uh, in on Alcatraz, and that's where uh he where did he end up dying? He actually died. The bitch was in all of the haunted jails, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. So uh, he yeah, that was nineteen thirty one when he tried to hire a psychic to get rid of the spirit of Jimmy Clark. Um, he returned to Florida after the eleven years that he was released from Alcatraz. And uh, died not long after that. Uh, he died of syphilis, of all things. Um, and it's actually said that sometimes if you visit his spirit, Mount Carmel Cemetery, which is in Florida somewhere, um, it says that if you, that there's possibly even spirits that, that of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre that haunt his uh, gravesite, not just him. So he Damn. really believes he really believes that Jimmy Clark followed him to the grave and even to this day still haunts his site. Um, but what's really crazy is Well, no offense, dude, but that's what you get. <laughs> I agree. I couldn't agree more. But um what I think is really crazy is the fact that there's a nursing home. So where this nursing home is is it faces these trees. So there have been countless residents at this nursing home that say that they are always seeing specters. Oh my God. There. I mean, it's been reports for years since that nursing home has been there that you, that they, not only do they see spirits like specters, they actually will see like spectral images, like white. they, they always describe them as like these white figures. If they do see anything, um, orbs, tons of orbs. Orbs are reported all the fucking time. And machine guns. Machine gun shots. That would terrify the fuck out of me. Hearing, like in the middle that. of the night, hearing machine gun shots. That's definitely Which a is a really haunting. distinctive sound. Oh my. That's the first thing I thought was there is nothing but a residual haunting in this area. But you got to think how much energy was in that, like how much energy when that happened. Literally, you killed seven people with machine guns. Also the screams. And the, yeah. Yeah, the screams. 
I don't do the screaming, stories. the screaming, nope. and the sound of uh, of the machine guns. Let me tell you something. If I'm anywhere haunted and I hear a motherfucking scream, you'll see me run so fucking fast. No. I mean, and even that, I couldn't imagine being in a nursing home of all. Like you're days. old. You just trying to live. You just trying to do your shit. You just trying to live out the rest of your golden years, and you got to deal with being next to this shit and hearing screaming and seeing orbs and hearing machine gun shots. I'd be like, Deborah, move me. <laughs> um, it should also be noted by that by the time Al Capone ha- was handed over this empire in Chicago, <clears throat> he was worth about thirty million dollars at the time, and he was only twenty six years old. When he ordered these murders. Damn. Yeah, he didn't, you know. He was a baby. If you came from, if you, you know, from where Al Capone started off second fiddle and built and became, you know, kind of ultimately rose really fast, really quick at a very young age. So he was just cutthroat. He cared about money and that's all he cared about. And if you double crossed him, Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> that's a literal pay line. Pay me or die. That's a literal line from Goodfellas. Fuck you, pay me. Like, and that that's it. You don't have money, you're dead. Fuck hey, you. Bye. Like, that's what happens. And he was never going to do it himself. No, of course not. He, he would hire people to do it. So, yeah, that was the thing that always... So not only is this story so crazy, because even though we know who ordered the hit, Nobody actually knows who these five men were that murdered these seven guys. That's still to this day. Nobody knows who actually did it. And then um, just all of the energy that is still in that area that even after all, I mean, it's 1929. It's been over 80 years. There is still so much energy in this area, even after the whole building being torn down. Still people see imagine not knowing imagine not knowing what goes on in that area and you just you're not from there you have no idea not you're just walking your dog down a nice little chicago street and all of a sudden you hear screams and machine guns yeah yeah you know and this isn't in like the south side like a bad part you like where you would think like i'm trying to think i've been to chicago and i'm trying to think where exactly is i have driven through chicago so i don't exactly uh because i've walked around chicago and i'm wondering if i've actually walked through it and just honestly not known so i'm like north clark street in chicago Yeah, this is a pretty, it's, it's right in front of Wrigley Field. I have been there then. Yeah, it's right in front of because Wrigley Field. Because I went to Wrigley Field. Like, I didn't go in Wrigley Field, but I went over by Wrigley Field. And yeah. I have pictures by it. It's a, it's a really, like, North Clark Street is a very well-known street. Uh, so I've been over there. Because just, it's, it's kind of a... It's kind of one of those, it's like a main road that runs through Chicago and it runs right past Wrigley Field. Like it, it runs up and down through Chicago. So it's a really popular road. That's crazy. I've fucking been there. Of course, at the time I didn't know. I was just taking pictures outside of Wrigley Field. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have any idea. I mean, unless you, 
you know, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those things that unless you would know where to be and know exactly where it is, you, you know, you wouldn't have any idea. But, uh, well, I didn't hear anything like that while I was there, so I would have distinctly remembered. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, what was that? I'm wondering even if you go, yeah, it was 2122 North Clark Street. Uh, but obviously, like we said, the building is no longer there. It's um, literally just an empty lot that sits next to a nursing home. Oh, it's got pictures. Look, yeah, it's got pictures. I guess this is where it would have been right here. Right there. Yeah, the five trees. So this tree right here. Yeah, the tree oh, well, in there's... the middle. There should be five trees. I and see it's the four. tree in the middle. Oh, wait, no, there's five. not five, so it's this one. Yeah. Because there's two here, and then there's three here. Yeah. So it must be this one. Is there a marker on that? It looks like there's a marker on it. Yeah. That's, no, that's a no, no, no parking a street, sign. It's a street sign. <laughs> it's not on the tree. Wait a minute, right on... here is the middle one. Because there's there's two here and two here. Okay, so that would be the nursing home. And then this one right here is the middle one. So then that would be the nursing home. That's crazy, dude. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's if you guys Google, nuts. if you guys Google that address, you you can look at a 360 degree view of it. And you can see the tree that it's referring to. Why is this so fucked up now? That's weird. Holy shit. You know what? There's a coffee shop. So I wonder if that's the, I wonder if that's the same coffee shop that Moran went to that was down the street. Remember how he said he went down the street to go get coffee? There's like still, there's still a coffee shop down there. That's why I'm like, holy shit. I wonder if that's okay, where he went so to go get coffee. I moved my thing down a little bit and the picture's super fucked up right there in that spot. Okay. That's weird as hell. What the fuck? And it looks like a fucking wall. Look like right here. Like, where you see the... Oh, where it's glitched? It looks like a fucking wall. Does it not? Like, That's right here, crazy. look at that. Yeah, it does. Actually. I'm getting chills from that. What the fuck, Google? It's like, Google, I'm gonna need you to calm down. Let me let me drive a little bit farther away and see what happens. Nope, I'm... Stop driving. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to calm down, Google. Yeah, it's just so crazy how there's literally nothing there, but you could picture it because you see where the cars are lined up. It's almost like you can picture a car driving up, parking, the guy's getting out of the car, they walk in, and then boom, 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 and then walk out and just drive off. And you could just beeline right down this road and you're done and you're gone. That's you're just so fucking gone. Like this is where what it looks like. There's there's nothing, and then if you move down the street a little bit, it super glitches out. Yeah. Also, Google glitches but Google really does that. really fucking bad. But yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> crazy. Like if you look at if you if you Google where it is, and you actually are parked right there, you can see. I mean, you can almost imagine the guys just jumping out of their car. Yeah. Boom, 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 and then you just beeline down this road, take a side road. And then you're gone. You're gone. You're just fucking gone. You're out of there. If nobody saw the car, if nobody even even had a clue, and if it was in an unmarked police car, 
Nobody would even question it because you would just think it was a cop car. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, so apparent um I think there are haunted tours. I'm sure there probably are. I mean, Chicago Chicago's is very a old. notorious area for mobsters and bootlegging so i'm absolutely sure there have to be haunted haunted tours oh i have no doubt around there and i'm sure they probably go right by that area i'm 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 almost i mean how could you not right? especially with all the hauntings that have been purported there for that many years and of course it started you know after they because well even you know what even if they would have kept the building there there still would be hauntings because oh, it's yeah. residual. Residual hauntings don't stop. Right. That's why it's still happening, even though it the just keeps happening there. over and over and over. God, that is so. That is awful. That is literally the worst. I can't think of a. I mean, residual. It's hauntings literal to Groundhog me Day. Or the most are are the absolute most horrible types of hauntings when they're so tragic because it's like someone reliving their death or their murder rather well it was just like that story you told about the gunpowder factory yeah that scream yeah like that's residual yeah you guys don't ever ooh, let me tell you <laughs> you never want any haunted experience to be a scream that's just a disembodied scream is the most horrific thing when TV you don't know. Yeah. Is enough. I don't yeah. even like it when I hear it no. on TV. If I don't I either. If I heard it in person, I don't even, I would shit my pants. I would shit. It's, it's a feeling that is just indescribable because you don't, you don't really know. And you're, you're fro, like you, <laughs> you always think that your first inclination would be to just run, but no. that doesn't always happen because usually you, I freeze. Well, you, cause your mind is trying to make sense because it's your, it's your brain doing that because your brain is trying to make sense of what just happened. It is literally your brains, your, your physical body wants to fucking book it, but your brain is like, no, we have to figure out what this is. Like my body's like fucking run, bitch. My brain's like, but, but, but what happened? What, what happened? What's going on? Because you want to know. But also I don't fucking know. No, but I don't. I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't even, I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> my body and my head are like trying to separate. And it's, it's like, like, I'm not even supposed to be here. What the fuck am I doing? The fuck? It's like when, it's like how I was explaining to you when you get touched. Yeah. You want to, you want to run. I don't. I love being touched. But, like, you want to, I'm going to regret saying that someday. It's the same thing. But your brain is your trying brain to just... figure out what in the hell <laughs> just happened. Because it's such an, it's, it's, it's such an irrational thing that you're trying to give it a rational explanation. And you Because can't. you've never, you have nothing to equate to it. Oh. It's the TV. Yeah. You have, like... nothing, you have nothing to equate it with. So when it's the first time you were ever experiencing something like that and you don't have anything to compare it to and you've never had it happen before, your brain, your brain is literally like, I, I have to figure this out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what's going on. I have to figure out what the fuck this is. But the rest of your body is like, ah, <laughs> I mean, even still getting touched, I freeze. 
Yeah. When I get touched, I stop moving because I want to interact. Usually the reason I stop moving is because I want to interact with it. Yeah. But yeah, that's all we got, guys, about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago. Spoopies. I enjoyed that one. Uh, I know it got all over the place for a bit, but um, I'm, I'm glad we got eight. to give some. I'm glad we got to give some history though, because a lot of people may not have actually heard of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Um, and uh, I knew about it, but honestly, I didn't know anything like all of it until researching it for tonight. So. That was kind of cool getting to learn all of that. Yeah, the hauntings were really crazy. Like I said, I I had seen something years back about the bricks being involved and people having all of these really crazy things happen to them when they came in contact with the bricks because it's well, and two, it holds energy. I think if anybody is familiar with like ghost hunters, they used, and even ghost adventures is touched on a little bit, but where they talk about how how objects hold energy. Um, especially take... brick, limestone, yeah. um, anything that's around bodies of water. Don't take uh, that shit from a haunted site. Don't do it. Don't, don't ever take, take it. Any, don't ever take anything from a purportedly haunted site. Don't ever do it. Don't ever take anything. Obviously, if you're like going to somewhere you. like Waverly or Mansfield and you're buying, like I've bought shirts. Also, be very careful. I need to warn people to be very careful when you buy antiques. I don't think a lot of people realize when they buy antiques. Yeah. Yeah. They, if you go into an antique store and something's calling for you, like you're drawn to something, don't, don't buy, buy it. it. <laughs> I love how we were both in unison. Don't buy it. No. <laughs> Especially if it's a mirror. For the love of God, I cannot warn more people. If you are drawn to a mirror in an antique shop, for the love of all that is holy and good, don't it's fucking buy it. It's not holy and good. It's not. Don't buy it. <laughs> Absolutely don't buy. It. I don't have. I don't care how great it looks. I don't care how much you're into antiquing. I don't give. A I don't care. I don't had someone buy actually ask me. Absolutely like, don't, don't like buy mirrors, it. Do you? And I said no. Mm -mm, I don't. I don't either. I don't like mirrors. The only mirror that I own is the mirror in my bathroom. I don't like, I don't even own an I don't even own a mirror. I don't really I don't like mirrors since I listened to Scared to Death podcasts because they've I don't they did a mirror and a doppelganger. They've done mirrors and doppelganger episodes. Oh yeah, fuck that shit. And I I can't handle that. I I just can't. I I can't I can't I just, I just can't. I cannot. And Oculus has forever fucked me up with mirrors because that because that shit is real. Still love the fucking fact that Mike Flanagan puts that mirror in his other shit. You know I didn't fucking know that. I love it. When you told me that, I was like, "Fuck you, fuck that mirror, fuck, fuck that you, dishonor on your mirror, <laughs> dishonor on your mirror, dishonor on your family." <laughs> when you told me that, that fucked with me so. It's hard. in the scene. In the funeral scene. Nell's funeral. It's in... Like, what? <laughs> I can't talk about that funeral scene. God. I have not been able to go back and watch that series since. I it fucked with I me so... I started it, but I didn't It fucked with me it. so bad. Like, emotionally, and some of the worst jump scares. And I mean, I mean worse as in I literally thought... My whole entire skeleton was gonna drump. Yeah, skeleton was gonna drump out. Drump. Yep. My skeleton was gonna drump. Exactly. Cause that's how fucked up I was. And just yeah. 
One of yeah. my favorite trends on TikTok for a while was people oh, quietly filming God. The, someone that was with them when that jump scare happened and watching what they did. Because let me tell you, I have never physically left my body like I did when that jump scare happened. I have never, I am so good at figuring out when jump scares are coming. And you know what? I'm going to watch it again. And I'm going to know that scene. I'm, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to watch it again. I'm not even going to be paying attention. And then that scene's going to happen and it's going to scare the fucking shit out of me all over again. Because that happens to me. Like, movies, I'll, I'll know. Like, I should know. And I haven't seen them for a while. And then I see them again. And I'm like, I knew that was coming. <laughs> like, I knew. Why in the fuck? Why? Again. Why? <laughs> like, The why? best time to do a jump scare is exactly when he did it. Do it when the oh, audience yeah. is vulnerable. Oh, yeah. That was such you, a vulnerable scene, scene. Oh, my God. It was the most vulnerable scene ever. And the best times so to do it are right after you think one was going to happen. Like, for instance, someone's in the bathroom and, they, you know, they open the cabinet and they get medicine out and then they close it. Something's going to be behind them in the mirror. Yeah, we always know We that. always know that. Don't put something behind them. Everyone is relieved. Do a jump scare right after that. Yeah. Because you're relieved and you're vulnerable in that moment because you're relieved. That's when I about shit myself. We're giving a lot of pointers to a lot of horror writers out here. So take some notes. <laughs> you're fucking welcome. Seriously, just from, from diehard horror fans, please, we're begging you, do, horror, do jump scares right. The Conjuring just 2. When she do looks in the chair. Right. And the, the remote drops. Yeah. And that's, you're vulnerable at that moment because you have no idea. Because you're like, oh, okay, well, that was the jump scare. And then the the camera goes back to her and he's fucking right behind her and screams my house. I was not expecting that in the slightest bit. At all. That, yeah, that actually made my skin jump. That I screamed in the theater and everyone laughed and I did too. (laughs) But yeah, seriously, like, I, I, there are horror fans out there that say that they don't like jump scares and that's not true. They like jump scares. It's just that we're so sick of the same ones. So many of them have been played out and it's been so, it's been very few and far between that there have been movies that have done it right. But the ones that do it right, they fucking nail it. I just hate when movies also just rely on them. Yeah, don't do that either. Don't do that either. I enjoy a good jump scare, but just... That's overkill because it's not scary anymore. No. Then you're just like, oh, yep. 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 Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. That one too. Fuck <laughs> me up. That's what I want. Fuck me up. Yeah, Host, it's not hosted jump scares it's not right good too. when it's predictable. And there's there's so many people out there that actually there's a lot of people out there that say that they don't like horror because it is predictable and that that bums me out because it's yeah. like it's like it's not that you don't like horror you do you just don't you're like sick of the, the same ones. shit you're just sick of the same ones where it's like oh yeah so i i had that figured out a mile away because this is predictable as fuck yeah originality and horror we're getting it we're getting it we're, we're moving in that. We are definitely moving in the right direction. We are. We are. Because it's because we're getting amazing directors right now with making, you know, we're we're getting the John Carpenters again. We're getting yep. the Wes Cravens again. We're getting the 
Yeah. You know, Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, Mike Flanagan, James Wan, like, they are finally bringing horror back. Yeah, well, we're getting horror directors who love horror, but know where the flaws are, and they're trying to fix it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I appreciate that. Appreciate. So next week, guys, um, you, you can... <laughs> <laughs> Because I keep having a mental block and literally forgetting. No, you're totally fine, honey. Um, so I was actually inspired to uh, not only talk about this topic for next week um, to round out Black History Month, but also because there's a great new film that uh, hopefully I'll get to see soon that was directed by the amazing actress Regina King called One Night in Miami. Um, and it does sort of touch on singer Sam Cooke's murder that happened in 1964 in L.A. Uh, so if you guys aren't familiar with the, um, singer Sam Cooke from the, uh, 60s, um, he was murdered very, very, very young, which is incredibly unfortunate because the man wrote some really incredible songs and many, 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 many uh, R&B classics. Another Saturday Night, Twisting the Night Away, um, and posthumously his song that has actually spoken even more so in the last few years uh, with Black Lives Matter and uh, movements. Um, it, the His song, The Change Is Gonna Come, it was actually released after he was murdered uh, and then not long after that, the white, the Watts riots happened in LA. And then in 1965, we have all of the changes with the Civil Rights Act and what have you. So um, his murder was really shrouded in, mi in mystery because uh, he was a black singer that was coming into a time where he was crossing over into white audiences, but was also involved heavily in civil rights and um was friends with muhammad ali was friends with uh oh my goodness what's the name is just is just escaped me now all of a sudden but um yeah and he wrote he was starting to get he was starting to get into writing songs that were having a deeper meaning within the civil rights the start of the civil rights movement which would have been very controversial during that time and also very controversial because he was starting to become popular with white audiences with soul music. So um, his death was very tragic. It was also really, really strange. So um, it's a bit of a true crime episode. There's a great Netflix documentary about it. Uh, and even if people believe what they want to believe, it was still a really tragic murder and he died very young and he was uh, a very prolific singer songwriter. So um, whose uh, music still has influences to this day. Uh, so yeah, that'll be next week. Um, if you guys get a chance to watch that Netflix documentary too about Sam Cooke, uh, I think if you just type in Sam Cooke on Netflix, there's actually a Netflix exclusive. It's really great to watch to not only get history about him and his music, but um, what ultimately took place that night. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited to, to talk about this because I don't think this has actually been something that's been tackled 
by many uh, true crime podcasts, and it is a really interesting story. So I'm excited. I am too. I have to I'm watch that documentary. To talk about I'm it. Looking forward to watching that documentary and seeing um, just exactly what it's all about. And so. his music. I mean, if anything, just I love '60s R&B music. So just just the um, music same. that's in it is will just yeah, you'll be on a kick with with that all day. So. All right, guys. Well, you know the drill. We have the socials. We have the Facebook. We have the Instagram. We have the Twitter. Don't fuck with the original. We also have the email address, which is the DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Drop a hello. Drop a story. We may use it in an upcoming podcast. Oh, which Also, we have Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Drop a subscribe. Drop a follow. Leave a rating. We would greatly appreciate it. We love constructive criticism. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. You're all the best. Super appreciate all the support. Still, uh, big things are coming this year. I'm getting settled into my move now. So once my brain is able to, like, do work, (laughs) um, we're definitely going to be doing a website and getting all that taken care of. And I'm very excited about what's coming for the podcast. Uh, guys, go follow me on Twitch, because I'll be doing some horror game streaming. I've already done a couple. Um, really excited for that. I almost have 50 followers on Twitch already. Holy shit. I've done two streams, and I'm like, everyone calm down. I'm trying. <laughs> but super appreciated. Also, tomorrow, make sure to check out our horror movie review. It um, is going to be Unfriended. I was surprised Unfriended won, to be honest with you. Um, I keep seeing people... I keep dropping the den in these votes because every time people keep saying it deserves more love and it genuinely does. If you haven't seen the den, it's fantastic. It's terrifying because it can legit happen. Um, But Unfriended is great. I love Unfriended. Y'all know how much I love Unfriended. So I'm excited to do the review of that. That movie took me a second go round. Well, I I, mean, it was like I told you. I didn't watch it, but I told you I didn't watch it the right way. Uh, I went into it very cynical and, and, and matronly like, ah, this newfangled technology and these, these darn kids. Yeah. I, I just, I went into the movie like totally, just totally different. I, I, and then later when I found out, oh, you're supposed to hate them. Yeah. Cause they, oh. And then I went back and watched it again, and I was like, I like this movie. Yeah, I like them. I love how um, Unfriended set like this. I also, can I say that I, I low-key, I, I know the sequel gets hate, and I actually kind of liked it. I liked the sequel. I don't I, like it as much as I like the I first wish, one. But... I just, I wish that they would have, um, so I like the dark web element of it. Because I think the I think shit with the oh my god I would oh god dark web shit fucks no. me up like hardcore like that yeah. kind of stuff so like I loved that my biggest fucking problem with the sequel was how they I like when the murders would happen and it was like this digital I didn't like that I didn't like that at all I, I think that I was wish, my problem with it. I wish they would have found a way to to fix that or explain what the fuck that was because that i didn't like i would have rather just been regular people killing them that 
somebody paid to because it's on the fucking dark web. I didn't right. understand. It's like they were trying to cross in like that with like paranormal, and I didn't fucking. That was just I. I really didn't. Well, they like were that. they were basically just showing. But the that... acting in it was incredible. The acting was so. Oh my god, that lesbian. Cu- oh my god, that gay couple. Oh my fucking god. And you actually liked these characters. You really didn't want. You really didn't want anything to happen to them. Um. Yeah, and it also goes to show you don't fucking take things from a lost and found. God damn. <laughs> well, my my roommate unfortunately experienced a part of the dark web on accident. She didn't mean to. I don't even remember how she even got to this video, but she ended up watching a video of someone getting decapitated. Um, oh yeah, I've accessed it. It was I real. Shouldn't I shouldn't say that? It but was I've real, some... and she didn't think. It was going to, sh- I don't remember exactly what she thought. I think she was thinking it wasn't going to show it, but it was just like a clip of something. No, so was it, it the- showed the whole thing. Was it the one of the guy that was the contractor over in the, I don't, uh, was it that one? I don't remember where. It probably was. Because that one, I mean, that happened so, God, it happened so long ago. But like people were able to to access it. Yeah. And it was, it was probably that, that it was probably one. that one. And I've seen that video, unfortunately. But she, uh, terrible. I walked into the living room and she just had this, I've, I've never seen this look on her face. And I was like, are you okay? And she's like, no. And I was like, what happened? Like, I thought someone died. Well, I mean, someone died, but I thought it was like someone, it's like family. Right. And she was like. I just watched a video where a guy got decapitated and it was real and I'm legit not okay right now. And I was like, why the hell did you watch that? And she's like, because in all honesty, I didn't know they were going to show it. <laughs> I was like, well, you don't click to find out, honey. <laughs> I just, like, I'm so thankful I avoided that guy that shot himself with a shotgun on TikTok. I'm so glad I was able to divert from that and I never saw it so thankful like i don't want to watch that shit yeah i've seen so i have like i don't recommend anybody do it i have access to dark web at one point um and like i used to so i was like a rotten.com kid back in the day when people remember what rotten.com was and i was just like so desensitized to seeing so many things that like that's when I was like, okay, this isn't good. Because you shouldn't, you really should not. That was the biggest thing with Rotten.com that I think fucked up a lot of people. If you were just on it for too long, you became very desensitized to real life things. And that's not healthy. Because <laughs> then you start to view the world in a, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's not good. I don't recommend it. Not to mention like, you don't know who's out there, whatever you've accessed, and now you've left the digital p- footprint, and they know how to find you. So, I mean, like, even though that was in a fucking movie, it's like, there's not, yeah, just anybody that wants to say they live, they want to live off the grid, then don't have a cell phone, don't ever use a credit card, don't ever, you leave, you leave a digital footprint everywhere you fucking Watch go. the den watch it it'll scare the you know i still haven't seen that you. movie and i've had yet to because certain movies i i the end of that movie might legit trigger you certain movies that it's fucking terrifying could actually happen 
I will not watch for those reasons. I I won't watch The Strangers. Oh, it's such a good movie. I won't but watch it. I understand it. that. Especially at the end when they said, why are you doing this? And she said, yeah, because you were home. Because that happens. Why would I watch that? My husband and I, my husband and I camp. That, that movie hit way too close to home with what me and my husband do. And we have no children. And well, but you know what? We come prepared, so I wish a motherfucker would. That's all I'm saying. Because we ain't the uh, we ain't Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler. We would blow your motherfucking head off. Well, he tried to. Oh, you haven't seen it. I was gonna say. I don't he, care. Tell me because I was gonna, gonna say he it. tried to blow their head off and then didn't realize it was his friend and he blew his friend's head off. Whoops. No, let me tell you what. <laughs> we're not them. So I wish a motherfucker. You were home. <laughs> so were we. Yeah. <laughs> Prepared. Thank you. <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say about that. Well, you guys have a great week on that note. I know, right? <laughs> you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. Be careful. Be safe. Be and careful. Wear your masks and be pray kind. for the people in Texas and be kind to one another. And buy some Girl Scout cookies. Yes. Yeah. Be prepared. <laughs>